Hello fellow saints, I'm Brian here. Just wanted to get uh, into, this will be part 11 of the Church Anity series uh, covering uh, mostly uh, the uh, lesson 11 in the in the book, uh, the, the Church of the Bible that we're covering. Uh, first, a couple of thoughts that as I was kind of going through this, uh, kind of a couple of thoughts came to mind that you know, now we're kind of moving into more of the, the what, he, what he calls the, the church at work, or basically the, the work of the church, what we could say, right? And so we're getting into, you know, kind of what the, the you know, what the New Testament talks about as primary functions of, of, the, of the church or the assembly. Okay, so, but in thinking about that, you know, it kind of dawned on me too that we got to think of, when we look at the, you know, kind of a general thought was that the world is self-seeking, okay? And then I thought, you know, so the world's self-seeking, the church needs to be the opposite of that. So I would say, uh, while the world is self-seeking, the church is soul-seeking, okay? And then part of that, too, when we say, you know, obviously that entails, you know, focused on uh, the gospel and, and salvation, uh, and to the unsaved world, uh, that's a big part of soul seeking. But also in conjunction with that is the, as we'll get into, but the uh, also the, the physical needs of, of the people, of the you know whether it's a, you know poor widows, infants, and children. The you know that aspect, uh, just taking care of, and just being in general, just being an extension uh, of of Messiah and the Father uh, to to the world. To be the the light of the world, as as we're as we're told in Scripture, to to you know prove you know prove that He loved us you know, through our love for others in general in the world, and, and even we're even told to pray for our enemies. And so again, we have this distinction versus you know the world is it's you know all about you know I'm getting mine you know that self-seeking mentality and built very self-centered. And the the church, you know, we as believers, we have to be the opposite of that uh, and stuff as we kind of go through this. So keep that in mind. Also, as we go through this, another thing to think about is, you know, do we do we truly believe that God provides? It's something else that as I was kind of going through this, it's like, do we really have faith that God provides? And as like I said, we'll, we'll go through some more of this, but, it, you know, do we really provide? Do, believe that you know deep in our heart and also you know yeah, part of that is we are asked you know to uh, to provide to, you know to be be that example unto others into the world and and yes even our enemies uh, we're told if you're you know enemy hungers to feed them you know and so you know we're, so in a lot of ways you know while we should have faith that God provides for us you know through faith as well we provide to others and so it's really a, it is kind of a dual relationship there between, you know, we need to be the example unto others uh, to give. And with that, when, you know, when we have true faith that God provides for our needs, it makes it a lot easier to, you know, be willing and able and, you know, uh, even, even excited about providing for others. And so to me, it kind of goes hand in hand when, you know, it, it's easy to say that we have faith. And we have faith that God provides, but you know, do our do our deeds uh, and, and works, you know, do they prove that out or not? And I think most people would probably, uh, you know, be be a little uh, guilty uh, upon upon this, even myself included, that uh, we don't we don't provide and we don't give enough 
uh, to to uh, to others and to strangers and stuff. So, there's just a couple of thoughts. You know, as we get into this now, we're going to start talking about one of the primary functions of the, of the New Testament church was edifying and building up the saints. So, building up each other within the congregation, the church. Uh, okay, so that's a, a big a big part of this. And of course, there's also the spiritual needs. Of, of, the, of the assembly of believers as well, of the saints. Uh, so providing, you know, uh, for, you know, that whole edification, spiritual needs, and then also the physical needs as well. It's a big part of the Testament Church was talking about trying to, you know, they were getting resources together. They were taking, uh, so, you know, supplies and stuff, you know, where it was needed and things. So kind of we'll get into that. Okay, so in the uh, going into Lesson 11 here, Talks about here the, on the on the uh, on the first Pentecost after the resurrection of, of Christ after Peter had told the people to repent and be baptized and exhorted them saying save yourselves from this crooked generation that's in Acts two forty we are told uh, they then uh, that received his word were baptized and and they were added unto them that day about three thousand souls uh, this was the beginning of the church these people who uh, accepted the uh, gospel were called out of their sinful ways of living to follow the way of holiness they were redeemed purified sanctified and reconciled to god uh, they made up the ecclesia the assembly uh, the, the church therefore the activities in which they uh, in, engaged and the work which they accomplished were the activities uh, and the work of the church okay so uh, beginning, beginning the fir- very first verse, we have a description of some of these activities. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, in the prayers. Uh, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all, according as men had need. And day by day, continuing steadfastly with one accord in the temple and breaking bread at, at home, they took their food with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And then, so here we have a brief mention of the miracles of the apostles, the faithfulness in living and worship by the disciples and their generosity in helping those among them who were in need. Now, this personal interest and helpfulness and further, is further expressed in these words. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and soul. Not one of them said that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common, for neither was there among them any that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the prices of things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto each according as any one had need. Among others... We are told that Barnabas, having a field, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. That's Acts 4.37. These statements show that the distribution of these funds were entrusted to the apostles, which suggests personal helpfulness rather than personal uh, self-seeking. It is also evident from the case of Ananias that the gifts to provide for those who were in need were not commanded but voluntary. They gave because they loved one another and wanted to give, uh, while it remained uh, did it not remain thy own? And after it was sold, was it not in thy power? How is it that thou hast conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Acts 5, 4. And of course we know that Ananias and his wife uh, both died. And they gave up their, they gave up their spirit uh, once 
once it was found out that they had lied in this, uh, you know, uh, horrific act, it's almost like, you know, it was, well, you know, uh, you know, Peter saying like, look, this is, this was in, you know, you had, you had the land, you had the, the you had the, the, you had the money. Why would you come and lie and say this is everything that we own? Like, why would you, you know, why would you even come and do that type of thing? Uh, to say that, you know, basically they lied and said how much they sold their land and stuff for, and it was not true. So, um, you know, so they, you know, they, so they definitely, you know, they, like I say, they lied to God. Not, not, it wasn't about lying to Peter and stuff. Um, they thought they could conceal it and, you know, and have, they, they wanted both. Basically, they wanted, they wanted the, to be a part of the assembly, but they also wanted to keep their stuff of the world, right? So, uh, this, you know, I think it reminds me back of like uh, Lot's wife, you know, looking back on uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, and then she, she turns into a pillar of salt, right? And so it's kind of similar where, like, where you know, where your heart lies, you know, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's where your, you know, and wherever your heart lies again. So same thing with Lot's wife. So similar thing um, from that. So uh, very, very thing. And this is kind of why I say, do we truly, you know, deep down, do we truly believe? Yeah, God will provide, and I think that's something that will challenge all of us to to to, to, to ponder and to and to think on and to pray about uh, and stuff too. Do we truly believe God provides? I think in this world, you know, we're we're so built on things of the world and of you know money and possessions and all that, especially in the West, that you know it's something that we need all need to pray about and to be able to you know let these things go uh, on a dime if if it means. Uh, you know, if it, especially if it means uh, that or forsaking, uh, forsaking the Messiah and the Father, uh, which as things get tighter, uh, you know, uh, all around the world, as we see more and more governments, you know, rising up and, and trying to demand more and more control and more power, uh, things are going to get probably much worse. And eventually, we're, not, we're probably not going to have, most people aren't going to have a choice. Okay, I mean, your choice is going to be, do you continue in the faith, uh, you know, or do you, or do you bend the knee? Uh, to local uh, governments and uh, tyrants and so uh, you know that's the thing and we're seeing that now with the so-called COVID vaccine I know this is a little off topic but we're seeing this with the so-called vaccine which is really not a vaccine it's really a uh, inoculation um, and stuff so we're really seeing a separation between you know those that willingly you know bend the knee towards uh, you know, so-called, you know, government, you know, uh, control and, and, uh, and stuff without even questioning, you know, what's in the, what's in the syringe and stuff. So, you know, it's uh, very dangerous. People don't, they don't even ask questions and then, uh, they just rely on what the, the big government and the big corporations are telling them that are all, you know, they're all tied together. And so, um, but I won't get too much of that. That's getting off topic, but so, uh, let's get back into this here. Um, and then it talks about in the beginning of that back, very nice verse, we have a description of some of these activities. And so they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and the prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done uh, through the apostles. And he talks about here, and they uh, sold their possessions, and he mentioned that again. And they parted with them according as anyone had need. Uh, this personal interest and helpfulness is further expressed in these words. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. 
uh, and, and uh, not one of them said that aught uh, of uh, the things they possessed was his own, but they all had things common. So that means they, you know, and none had lack, right? So that they didn't lack anything. Uh, and when I had, uh, when I had read this, you know, right, you know, my, you know, I went back in the book of Acts and read this too. And, you know, uh, my heart really leapt out when I heard, when I read that. And I, you know, it even got a little teary eyed just hearing the fact that they were of one heart and one soul. That's just very powerful. That's, you know, a very powerful thing. And I can't say that I've ever experienced that in terms of, a, you know, a congregation, a church. I really haven't. I've never experienced that. And so, you know, that's, you know, that's, the, that would be the goal. That's where, that's what it should be, though. So this is giving you an example of what the, what the true assembly, you know, really should be. So it's not just a congregation of separate families, all and the people are in their different cliques and things like that. Um, you know, it's supposed to be all in one accord, all with one heart and one mind and one, you know, uh, they're all, you know, uh, you know, shooting for the same goals of sharing the gospel, sharing stories and testimonies and edifying one another. That's what it really should be. And so that's kind of what the, the picture I want to make sure you have is that's what the true church should look like, okay? Okay, and so the, um, he, and he talks about the statement show that the distribution of these funds were entrusted to the apostles, and, uh, and he kind of goes into just trying to distinguish that. Look, the, you know, while it's true, you know, while, while the apostles did manage, you know, they, they did help facilitate a lot of that in the beginning, you know, at some point it got too, you know, it really got too much as the, as the assembly grew uh, more and more. And of course there's different locations. You've got, you know, Ephesus and Antioch and all these other places, you know, as it spread, you know, they could not really, they really couldn't do it all them. They couldn't do it all themselves. So then at one point in the book of Acts, they actually appoint more people. And so they, so it does say to appoint more people to, uh, in, in this work, and then the apostles, you know, did lay hands on those people and, and pray for them and bless them uh, in that work. And so, so there was, you know, the, you know, there's there's a kind of a fine line between uh, something that's uh, disorganized, and so we definitely not want, uh, you know, there's we definitely not want disor- disorganization. Okay, uh, I mean, it's something that you know, the fact is, it should be organized, but it also doesn't mean we have to go into a full-out ecclesiastical control like there's just some kind of a that there's a you know there's a tyrant at the top type of thing that's that's more the that's the world's way we've already talked about that in the series but uh, and so he goes into a little bit of that too so i won't i try not to focus too much on that uh, just since we've covered that so much already but he does kind of distinguish that that look they didn't really have uh, you know there wasn't like a full control they just you know they were just trying to help make sure help got to the needy which is part of the calling of the church and so if the apostles didn't do that then they would they themselves i mean how would they how could they say they were doing what was what was christ-like and you know uh, and how would they be an example and and to the rest of the church so they had you know they had to do i mean to not do the work is what i'm saying you you know you would not have been a christian okay uh, at that time you wouldn't have been a believer or a part of the church if you didn't do the work, so that you know they he, they have to be, you know they have to do it, uh, and to, to be an example. And then whenever things got too big, then they would find you know other like-minded believers that you know that were honorable uh, within the within the assemblies, 
uh, in different areas, and they would appoint them to help in that help in those works and, and ordain them, just which just means pray for them and put you know, anoint them basically for that activity. Um, so so just you know keeping it pretty simple. Uh, again, we gotta stop. You know, we got we don't want to think about it in terms of some kind of a um, a position of honor in terms of the worldly way. You know, there's no badge included, right? There's no, there's no sheriff badge or something like that, or here, you know, here's your license or certificate or whatever. There's nothing like that in the world. Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's, you know, there's not going to get any kind of noble prize, right, uh, or anything for this. This is, you know, this is part of being a church, but you're just saying we're going to ordain you in this work uh, for what, whatever it is. But in this case, uh, for helping distribute uh, food and resources to the, the, the ecclesia in need in different areas and stuff, okay? Uh, so, but that was, that's, uh, some of the big points there was definitely, like I said, edifying, uh, you know, people, uh, phys- their physical needs uh, and stuff. And, you know, and I, and I will say too, I've been challenged over the years in reading when it talks about when they, they sold all their possessions and all that, and I've kind of challenged, it's really challenged me to, um, and stuff over the years to see. So, there, but there is a, there is a, um, there is a balance I think between between that, and and also we're also told if you don't provide for your own family, then you're worse than an unbeliever. So there's there's always seemed like a, there's a balance between those two things to where, you know, to you know. So for example, if one person you know forsakes you know their you know their job and things like that. You know, if they forsake it for the right reasons, they forsake it for you know to, for pursuit of Messiah and those things. I think that's honorable. Um, but in hindsight, though, too, if they do such a thing, and thinking that they're not going to have to you know, work and all those kind of things to provide for their, if they've got a, a wife and kids at home, then that's uh, very dishonorable. So such activities can really quickly become dishonorable if now that person just thinks they can just sit around and and uh, and and not actually not 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 work at all, or they don't think they can. You know they're not gonna you know feed their family and let their family starve, you know not provide clothing and things like that basic needs, then that's another story. You know now, now we're getting into dishonorable act- actions, um, and so on. That's kind of slothfulness, and becoming you know become lazy, uh, and stuff. So I think there's a real balance there uh, between those two, uh, and you know and looking at, and reading through this too, it makes me realize how much support the local you know, assembly actually had, and they were so, uh, you know, they had such power with the, with the, you know, the Holy Spirit among them that, like I said, they were of one, one heart and one soul. So, you know, they, you know, I've never seen that kind of support. And so because of that, you know, it's, it it makes it really hard to, I think, give, you know, give up the things, the, the things of the world makes it harder because we don't have that support. You know, we don't have that you know, we don't have that uh, the, the New Testament church mentality these days, sadly, uh, which is what I'm hoping is going to you know uh, resurface now um, and stuff. And as it does, the support uh, of each other and of the, of the the brother and sisterhood, um, and that support will come with it. Okay, that's what should happen, and it should come with it. And with that, it makes it's going to make it easier for people to people say, okay, I can't do, I can't. Uh, I can't work that job anymore because now they're requiring this or that or whatever it is. Um, as things get more and more tyrannical uh, and more uh, uh, more communistic around the world, as that grows, 
you know, the more tyranny uh, will will come out of it, and more tyranny and more violence, more uh, trying to force you to do stuff, and um, and you know, trying to replace your you know, uh, God-given freedoms uh, and stuff. So we're going to see that more, and especially when it comes to uh, obviously they've always attacked the the church in general has always been attacked throughout history. They will attack you know uh, God and Christ. Uh, you know, that's one that's number one number one enemy obviously of Satan. So. Uh, and he will come after the believers of the church, and uh, we will see that definitely uh, in these last days as well. So, okay. All right, so next I wanted to talk about, there was a good one in here. Let's see what page is that. So I'm trying to skip in some of this just so it didn't make it too long. Um, it talks about be the light of the world. So I talked a little bit about that. Yeah, he talks about too, it says um, that the... Um, uh, thought of as the work of it, it's it's in individual Christians. Um, it talks about how it's not, you know, that yes, this is all individual. It's individual Christians, but they all have, you know, it's also one in a, one in accord with the church. So it's saying it's so it's not a again. It goes back to not it's not the church dictating, you know, everything that has to happen exactly, you know, uh, you know, to a T and setting all these rules and regulations up. It's not that type of thing. Um, but it's individual. It's all Christians uh, within the community, uh, all acting, you know, doing their thing. Whether it's preaching the gospel, uh, giving, uh, helping, helping each other, edifying one another, all these things. These are these are all individual Christian actions, um, but they also are all doing it one in accord. Okay, so it's both. It's not. It's not just you know. Oh, this is a uh, you know dictated. You know, from the from the elders uh, down, it was everybody. So. Uh, and stuff. So, uh, let's see. There's. I'll go one. There was another good point I wanted to mention on 147. Uh, so, uh, religious uh, religious vers- uh, ritual versus uh, Christian living. Uh, so, in, in this, he's kind of talking about you know, you know. Sadly, so talking about there was total neglect sometimes of the personal spiritual problems of weak struggling individuals. Uh, or the unchristlike attitudes that uh, pervade certain segments of the congregation that have destroyed its unity, uh, handicapped its progress, and stifled its spiritual influence. Uh, you know, how could they so ignore the statement made by Paul, uh, by uh, by Paul to the elders of the church at Ephesus? And all things I gave you an example that so laboring, uh, yea, ought to help the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus that He Himself said. Is more blessed to give than to receive. Okay, so there we have also another example of, of, of giving being uh, of, of most importance. So, uh, my brethren, if any among you err from the truth and one uh, com- uh, convert him, let him know that he who converteth a sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall cover a multitude of sins. Uh, James five nineteen to through twenty. And so. Uh, and then he talks about here too. It's like sadly, uh, you know, there's a lot of times they have, um, you know, the church has has given so little attention to the spiritual needs uh, of of the flock uh, and stuff. So sadly, the uh, you know, not only do we have the situation where the physical needs are not being met in the modern church, but, but also the the spiritual needs a lot of times aren't being met uh, either. You know, there's there may not be a call out to sins, for example, and uh, and stuff. And then they're not. You know, it's kind of hard. 
you can't really mimic the New Testament church whenever you have that organization like that where you have a pastor up on a pedestal, sometimes literally, uh, or a podium type of thing. And, you know, a lot of times they put them up on a stage, right? They're up on a stage, you know, they've got a podium and all this kind of stuff. You're, you're already putting, you're already putting some, you're already singling somebody out and putting them on a pedestal uh, within that congregation. Uh, and this is why, you know, I mentioned before about, I think it's very important to, you know, have uh, the true church should have also times where people, you know, they, they would share stories together uh, and, you know, amongst themselves, of course, and things that's happened, or maybe they've had dreams or visions. They've had prophecies, uh, you know, uh, what miracles that's happened uh, in their life uh, and stuff. So you would share these, but they would share it with the whole congregation. Okay. Uh, and stuff. So whether that was actually in, in, in a public venue somewhere or someone's house or, or whatever, um, but they would all share amongst each other. So it wouldn't just be one person. Now you might you might have one person read scriptures or whatever, and you can or you could rotate. But it's um, you know I think it's I think it's dangerous when you start putting one person on a pedestal and expecting them to dictate everything um, and stuff. So the uh, that's again that's kind of the way of the world have a you know to promote you know a ceo or, or a president of a company or whatever that's kind of the way of the world when they they want to prop up one king for example uh and stuff so yeah that won't be this you know it wouldn't be the same thing in the church it should be you know while they're still honored people are honored that have experience and they've been you know they can be labeled an elder but uh, you know you gotta, you gotta watch that because it can become corrupted really quickly so and he talks about here the uh, that sometimes you know, being, we have been completely forgetful of the fact that one must have the spirit of Christ to be his, as in Roman, Romans 8, 9, and only those who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God, Romans 8, 14. Uh, so uh, how did the Christians of the first century accomplish the work of helping one another in their love for God and their spiritual needs unto edifying? Uh, were they not truly their brother's keeper? Uh, which that goes back into Cain and Abel talking about I'm not my brother's keeper, uh, and it's uh, and it's like well yes you are uh, based on what you know God's laws and and to love thy neighbor um, even more so for 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 someone that you're kin um, to you know to not be so is is very disrespectful and and not following God's commands okay and so we are uh, you know we we should be our brother's keeper. If we are if we are truly filled with the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ, okay. And so, um, I'm, I am skipping a lot of stuff in here uh, that was you know, there's some really good information on this uh, lesson 11. Um, so I do recommend reading it, reading through it, um, just because some of it was you know, kind of repetitive. Um, I'm trying to give you the whole idea of it without having to read a ton of it, but. Um, and it says here, so, but if, if any provideth not for his own, and especially his own household, he have denied the faith, and is worse than an unbeliever. 1 Timothy 5, 8, um, and stuff. So, again, um, you know, the uh, it just talks about that. And widow, remember, I mentioned widows, uh, honoring widows and infants and, and the poor. I mean, throughout that's all throughout Scripture. Uh, and that's uh, Old Testament and New Testament. On that, so those are uh, highly encouraged, and and it's and it's part of faith. The part of the faith. It's just part of it. it. Should be part of it. And you know, and I think you know some modern churches, you know, try to do some of this uh, through organizational giving or fund. You know, they do some fundraising things here and there. And I think 
um, you know, but oftentimes it's, it's kind of, uh, it's, you know, so like organized and it's, you know, they may, may, may try to work through other agencies and, uh, you know, it's just, I think it's, it becomes kind of watered down, if you will, and, uh, and not sure it has the same, it doesn't really have the same effect, you know, but it does kind of remind me too, I have seen pictures over the years where you'll have a, a picture of a nonprofit uh, meal, like for like a Thanksgiving meal, let's say, um, or like a Christmas meal or some, something say Christmas or Thanksgiving, uh, you know, you know, and like you would see the, you know, the Red Cross, for example, and it would be kind of a lame, looked like a kind of a pre, like a frozen meal uh, type of thing with like a pretty lame looking piece of turkey. And, you know, you can tell it's processed uh, type of food, you know, and it's like perfect, you know, you know, ice cream scooper used for the mashed potatoes and things like that. And dressing is very mechanical. Okay. And then you see next to the next to that picture of the Red Cross version of a meal, you would see one provided by a local church, and it's like heaping over with the homemade mashed potatoes and gravy, and and uh, you can tell it's like homemade, you know, uh, turkey, and, and you know it's you know it's like it's like you know basically the plates like just mounting over, like, <laughs> and so you see the the example of something made with love and care, and then uh, something made by an organization. And that's the same, you know, to me, that's a great visual of what we see when we have a modern, uh, you know, assembly model of, of a church as well versus even, uh, or, or even a, a company or a nonprofit versus a, a loving provider like a church should be. Okay. So I think it's a good, you know, visual of that, of, of kind of the realities of it. You know, while you could say, you know, yeah, someone could say, well, you know, they're, you know, Red Cross is still helping people, you know, you know, they're, at least they're not starving to death. You know, true. Um, you know, so there's some value in it. Um, but is it the same? Or can, can we also say that those are equal? Not really. I mean, one's um, had much more love and care in it and, um, and stuff than, than the other. One took more time and, pre- and preparations for uh, freeing it. One's based on, and also one's based on what? One's based on quantity and the others based on quality so we'd rather so the true church will focus on the quality of the relationship amongst each other the the, the brethren and the sisters within the congregation and those outside but they will work on they will they will focus on the quality of relationship and and um and building that and edifying one another and building each other up it, then it's not going to be a mechanical uh, try, a chop shop of trying to, you know, I, you know, I try to think of like an assembly belt, you know, like an assembly belt coming down where you got to have that little scooper and you're putting down, plopping down mashed potatoes in a little ice cream scooper, you know, t- you know, that mentality, again, that's, that's the world. That's, it's all about, you know, quantity. Okay. And the true church though is not, is about quality and stuff too. So that's a really big point, uh, important point to make. So, uh, but that's, kind of the recap on that lesson 11 so we've got i've got uh i think we got a few more chapters to cover and then this book uh, this uh, series and stuff will will be closed out here soon maybe the next week or so we'll see when i can uh, get to all of it and uh, otherwise uh, stay blessed and messiah talk to you soon